Do you notice some people around you who are walking zombies that blindly follow whatever the quote-unquote experts say? Does it seem like no matter what science changes or what common sense tells you or what facts you say, it doesn't matter, and those indoctrinated just continue to suspend belief and follow blindly? Does this sound like some sort of weird cult that people get trapped in and don't even know that they're in? If any of these statements ring true, then you may be a conspiracy theorist. Or, to put it a different way, you may just be awake. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Paul from Ephesians 5.14. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Paul in 2 Timothy 1.7. From all accounts, both in and out of news, and from personal anecdotal evidence that we all have seen at this point, this weird phenomena is happening all over America and all over the world. There are people who just seem to have been programmed to believe whatever it is they are told, and they don't seem to be able to differentiate fact from fiction. We are all noticing this. Why? We're going to look at a couple of the reasons, and I really appreciate you tuning into Church Public today. We're going to look at some things that are going on in culture, trying to compare them from a biblical worldview, and see what comes out the other end. I'm Matt Odegaard, and welcome to Church Public. Well, again, welcome to Church Public. I really appreciate you stopping here today. I am Matt Odegaard, and I will be your host. Today's episode, we are going to look at why it seems that people just won't believe their lying eyes, won't believe their lying ears. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what they're shown. It doesn't matter what you do, though, as I reported just a few days ago, you can go back and check out that episode at churchpublic.com. The dam seems to be cracking a little bit. It seems like some of the mainstream media, some of the politicians, some of the people in charge, some of even the quote-unquote experts who for the whole time have said this can only be one thing, it can only be one way, are all of a sudden saying the very things that we said for almost two years now. Why? Why is this happening? Why is it happening now? What is going on? What is going on with people? Well, we're going to examine that a little bit today, but I don't want to pretend that I'm a doctor. I am not a doctor, but what I'd like to do is hear from a couple of doctors. Some of these have gone um, viral over the past you know, several days, and, and some of you may have seen parts of it, but I want to review it, and I want to talk about it, and I want to talk about it from a worldview that is more biblical, <clears throat> because I think there are things going on here, and that's why I read you that verse from Ephesians earlier that I think wake up. And that is a word, I looked at it in the Greek, it's an important word because it just says, do it, wake up. Like this is the time. It's time for us to not sit and at home and, and be asleep and pretend like none of this is happening. It is happening. And there's a weird phenomenon happening. And it seems to be happening all over America, all over the world even, that some people cannot be convinced no matter what you say, no matter what the facts say, no matter what the data says, no matter what their lying ears and lying eyes say, they will not be convinced by the truth and they're just believing weird lies. Now, we're going to get into that a little bit and we're going to hear from a couple of doctors uh, of various backgrounds and you can look this up and you don't have to believe anything I say. Uh, that's, that's fine. I'm just trying to help you understand what is going on in this world so that as a follower of Jesus, as a believer, you can understand better how to live in this world. Because 
my oh my, times are getting weirder and weirder. And that's just the reality of it. So what do we do? How do we live? What are we supposed to do? And sometimes it helps to understand what is going on behind the scenes. So the first one we're going to look at is Dr. Malone. Some of you may have seen this. Some of you may have heard this. He went on a show, The Joe Rogan Show, which apparently is the most popular show on the planet. <laughs> and quite quickly... Twitter, his Twitter was shut down. The show itself uh, uh, is not allowed to be shared on many social media places. And you have to go to alternate sources to view it if you want to. I know you can get it on Rumble if you're familiar with that platform. <clears throat> if you want to watch the interview in its entirety, I think it's something like an hour and a half or two hours. It's very long. It is interesting. Again, take everything with a grain of salt. Take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. We're going to look at a couple of things that are going on here, but I think it's important to understand that what we do know, and this is without question, those who had alternate opinions, those who had different ideas, are not allowed to say things. For two years, they've been told, no, you're not allowed to say anything. You're not allowed to say anything different than what the narrative has been, and that is not good. It's, it, it, we know that according to just debate, logic, argument, <clears throat> the winning side is the one that presents the best argument. However, in this whole debate for the past two years, the winning side has been the one that says, shut up, you're not allowed to talk. That's not a way to win arguments, or at least not a fair way. And we feel that, right? We feel, hey, how come I can't share my opinion? How come I can't have a different opinion? How come we can't even talk about an opinion? And that's the kind of place that we have been in. So this first doctor is actually the one who helped create the very concept, the very idea of mRNA vaccines. This is Dr. Malone, and let's hear from him for a moment. The heck happened in Germany in the 20s and 30s. You know, very intelligent, highly educated population, and they went barking mad. Um, and how did that happen? Um, the answer is mass formation psychosis. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free-floating anxiety and a sense that things don't make sense, we can't understand it, and then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis, they literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. And one of the aspects of that phenomena is the people that they identify as their leaders, the ones typically that come in and say, you have this pain and I can solve it for you. I and I alone, okay, can fix this problem for you, okay? Then they will lead, they will follow that person through, it doesn't matter whether they lie to them or whatever. The data are irrelevant. And furthermore, anybody who questions that narrative is to be immediately attacked. They are the other. Now, does this sound like what we've been experiencing? I think this totally sounds like exactly what we've been experiencing. Mass formation psychosis is what this doctor, Dr. Peter McCullough, talks about. He didn't invent this term. We're going to hear more in just a moment on who did and some other things. But regardless of the name that you call it, this sounds like what has been happening. We were pushed to a breaking point by various factors, and then... We were told you have to comply, you have to listen, you have to follow. And if you don't, again, we've seen over and over and over and over again, you're sent to the outer reaches, you're kicked off the social media. Some people have been fired over this. Like, this is what is happening. We're going to hear now from another doctor, Dr. Peter McCullough, who talks more about this phenomenon. We're in what's called a mass formation psychosis. This is very important. I give credit to Dr. Matthias Desmet. 
in the University of Ghent in Belgium. And recently, Dr. Mark McDonald, psychiatrist from L.A., Mark McDonald's got a new book out, The United States of Fear, describing how the mass psychosis developed. What your listeners need to know is a mass psychosis is when there is a groupthink that develops that's so strong that it leads to something horrific. And the examples are these mass suicides that occur in these religious cults. The example is Nazi Germany, when people walk into gas chambers and were gassed. These horrific things. And, and four elements here. It's very important, Joe. First, there must be a period of prolonged isolation, lockdowns. Number two, there must be a, a, a withdrawal of things taken away from people that they used to enjoy. That's happened. Number three, there must be constant, incessant, free-floating anxiety. All this news cycle, all the, the deaths and the hospitalizations, more, more variant mutant strains, everything. People are becoming scared over and over again. And the last thing, number four, the capper. The capper is there must be a single solution offered by an entity in authority. And in this case is clear. Worldwide, the solution was vaccination. So did you get that? The solution was vaccination. Now, just to go over those four things again, and I'm not going to get deep into the psychology of this because I'm not a psychologist. And ultimately, this speaks to the human condition. We are going to look at this from a spiritual perspective, which is why I started with the passage from Ephesians, which says we need to wake up. Now, Paul specifically in that context is talking about wake up from your sins. But the 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 idea holds true for other things as well, that when we take our attention off Jesus, when you take our attention off Christ, we begin to act literally like a walking zombie, like we're asleep, like we're asleep in our own body, in our own soul, and we're not paying attention to what is going on around us from a truth and spiritual perspective. The four things that Dr. McCullough points out, I think are important to notice. Again, don't even believe me if you don't want to. Don't believe these doctors if you don't want to. But does this sound like what has been happening? Number one, has there been a period of isolation? 100% the past two years have been a period of isolation for almost everyone on the planet. We have been forced by governments into isolation. Number two, take away your things. Yeah, for a period in my life, again, anecdotally, but the plural of anecdote is data. So we all have these stories and that is the power in it. But anecdotally, <clears throat> I was told in March of 2020, of 2020, in March and April, that I was not allowed to go in the ocean and go swimming or surfing because the ocean was going to kill me. And I'm not talking about great white sharks or anything. I'm talking about there was a virus apparently floating on the waves. And when you went on the waves, the air from the waves would blow the virus into your face and that would kill you. I'm not even being hyperbolic. This is literally what the news told me and the police department and the officials in the city that I was living in in Southern California shut the beaches down and would arrest you if you went onto the beach. This is real and this happened. Take away your things. Number three, anxiety. Of course, this whole news cycle for two years and longer than that, but we'll just start with the two years, has been about inducing fear and anxiety. This is something I have personally talked about on this show over and over and over and over again, which is why I also started with that verse from 2 Timothy. We are not called to fear. We are supposed to not fear. 365 times in the Bible, it says don't fear in some form or another. It's very important. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. And yet this idea of anxiety, I mean, think about the, the death counts on all the major news report, uh, just a rolling death count. What is that supposed to induce in you, if not fear, that you're literally watching the amount of people dying? And if, if that's not supposed to induce fear, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, so that's number three. And number four <clears throat> is 
the single solution. And of course, the single solution literally across the globe is you must get vaccinated. But then it was one and then it was two and then it was three in many places. Now it's four. And the Pfizer CEO I just heard the other day, uh, he's making a new Omicron one that'll be ready in a month. It, it, that is never going to end, but it is the single solution. Now, this is mass formation psychosis. And the interesting thing Here's just to add to it. Again, this is either conspiracy theory or spoiler alert. You decide. On the internets, when this podcast with Joe Rogan came out <clears throat> with Dr. Malone, it broke the internet. It just, it just broke it. Now, Google has been the place that many people go to search for ever, right? You go to Google to find the answers to your things. There was, there was actually a period right after this came out <clears throat> that Google if you typed in mass formation psychosis into Google, Google, and I don't have a screenshot of it. I, I was looking for it and I, I did see it earlier, but I, I couldn't find it. Um, but Google actually said there's not enough information to give you a result. So Google, the search engine that gives you all the information at your fingertips in, in the blink of an eye, didn't know what this was for a little while. And then it came up with things like this. It came up with, and if you can't uh, see, if you're just listening, I'll read some of them for you. <clears throat> you type it in. And this was, I, I think I typed this in yesterday. Uh, it says, there, there, it, there's a bunch of ones. The, the first couple of pages say something like, mass formation psychosis does not exist. Uh, the first one here, if, if, you're, if you're just listening, says, despite what you might've heard on Joe Rogan. Uh, and scientists made unfounded claims about mass formation psychosis. And it goes on and on and on about that. It just continues to say that it just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Um, here. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Sorry, that's what it made me think of. But uh, this is obviously inconceivable. The word doesn't exist. So then you click through some of these reports and I think it's interesting, the AP, says there is no evidence of pandemic mass formation psychosis, according to Reuters and the AP. Reuters says, fact check, no evidence of mass pandemic, mass formation psychosis, say experts. Uh, so there's all these experts, Business Insider. There's a lot of different experts <clears throat> that say these things. I read through some of them. And this is where, again, you get a little bit interesting. <laughs> it sounds it sounds crazy conspiracy theorist, but, but here you go. Here's some things that some of these said. Quote, mass formation psychosis is not an academic term recognized in the field of psychology, nor is there evidence of any such phenomenon occurring during the COVID-19 pandemic. Multiple experts in crowd psychology have told Reuters. The phrase does not appear in the American Psychological Association Dictionary of Psychology. Uh, nor does it appear in the PsychNet database of published research articles and lots of links and links. Numerous psychologists have told Reuters there is such a condition. I'm sorry, that such a condition is not officially recognized. John Drury says, I've never heard of this concept. He is a professor of social psychology uh, at the University of Sussex. <clears throat> Jay Van Bavel, associate professor of psychology and neuroscience at New York University, said the term doesn't exist as a real academic concept. I've been studying group identity and collective behavior for nearly two decades and just published a book on it, The Power of Us, and not once have I come across the term. Business Insider says there is no such thing as mass formation psychosis. Quote, to my knowledge, there is no evidence whatsoever for this concept. Jay Van Babel, assistant professor of psychology and neuroscience at University. Also in the UK, John Drury, social psychologist at University of Sussex, told the AP the idea of mass formation psychosis is similar to mob mentality or the idea that people in a group will lose self-control and their identities, concepts that have been discredited by decades of research. No respectable psychologist agrees with these ideas, end quote, Drury said. 
Um, and if you read through more and more and more of these, it literally everyone I read through was these two guys and maybe a couple of other guys. So the result that this phenomena doesn't exist at all comes from two guys whom we've never heard of and their credentials may be fine. I don't know. I've never heard of them. But the two, but these are two guys who say to the universe of Google that controls the universe, right? This doesn't exist. However, if you do an alternate search on an alternate search engine like DuckDuckGo, the first entry, <clears throat> and like the, the Google searches that I showed you earlier, the first entry is Dr. Malone's Substack where he discusses the ins and outs of the theory. Feel free to run that search if you dare and read through it. I think it's very interesting. Here's where it gets a little bit interesting, more interesting. We just keep going down this rabbit hole. So thank you for coming with me. Go to churchpublic.com for more. All right. So Dr. Van Babel, the expert who refutes uh, the very existence of mass formation psychosis. I'm not going to talk about Dr. or John Drury. Um, I'm just going to focus on one for now because Dr. Van Babel is rather interesting. Here's why he is interesting. This is from August of 2020. This is a tweet that Dr. Van Bavel put out, and he says, until we get a vaccine, our only real tools are behavioral. We have to think through the lens of behavioral science. What can we do to nudge and encourage and cajole and motivate people to do the right thing? This is what the good doctor is saying on how to control the pandemic. Maybe we should nudge people and encourage them and cajole them and motivate them to do the right thing. That kind of sounds like the other thing we were talking about. Let's keep going. Maybe there's more. This is from an article in Nature on Human Behavior, published April 30th, 2020, saying, quote, using social and behavioral science to support COVID-19 pandemic response. Again, this is April 2020 from Dr. Van Babel, who says mass formation psychosis just simply does not exist. <clears throat> There's are some quotes from the article. A meta-analysis found targeting fears can be useful in some situations. Appealing to fear leads people to change their behavior. End quote. <laughs> I'm just okay. I'm just I'm just reading here. Uh, I'll, I'll read you a couple more. Negative framing captures attention, especially for people who are less mathematically skilled. Wait, did you just call me dumb? I think you did. Continuing on, this may increase negative emotion and sensitize people who otherwise neglected risks for themselves or others. He also says here, quote, by reporting the number of people infected and those who die, this may increase the negative emotion. Back to the CNN death ticker. This is a strategy proposed by a doctor who says psychological behavior conditioning in this way of mass formation psychosis just simply does not exist. I'll read you one more. Another way to leverage the impacts of norms falls under the general category of nudges. Again, referring back to his tweet where we should nudge people towards the right uh, behavior in this COVID-19 situation. Continuing the quote, which influenced behavior through modification of choice architecture. That's a fancy way of saying you will make decisions the way I want you to make decisions. Continuing the quote, people are highly reactive to the choices made by others. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> I'll continue reading. A message with compelling social norms might say the overwhelming majority of people in your community believe that everyone should stay home. End quote. 
Does that sound like something we've been told from the beginning up until literally now? I just read this morning that Quebec uh, is now going to fine people who have not yet gotten the jab. Uh, Toronto uh, and uh, all of Ontario, I believe, is completely shut down. Australia is a hot mess. I mean, it's it's crazy town over in Australia where you can't do anything. Um, so does this sound like this doctor, Van Bevel, who says mass formation psychosis does not exist, is literally describing what mass formation psychosis is in the way that he wants to relate to the pandemic? It does to me. Again, draw your own conclusions. I'm just reading you words that he said about what we should do and words that he said about how this doesn't exist. Um, you keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Sorry, I just couldn't help myself about that. But that's how I feel about this. It, it makes me a little bit crazy because it's like, hey, this looks like what's happening. No, it doesn't exist. That's what the internets, the world, the politicians, the news media, the academia, Hollywood, everyone who is in a power position in this country and the world is saying. So we get to the biblical worldview. Why? Why does this weird psychological pseudo condition matter to a believer in Christ? This is where we come back to the Bible. And we come back to the idea of fear. Fear is and has been for all of human history a very, very powerful motivator. Psychologists know this. Marketers know this. Marketers and psychologists apparently got together and told us exactly how we're supposed to respond to this whole situation that's happened in America and the world for the past two years. And they say it out loud in these things. Go back and rewind the tape and listen to it. Read it. If you're not watching, go to churchpublic.com and you can watch this. I show you the clips on the screen. You can see this. Um, they tell you what they're going to do. And I say over and over again, if someone tells you what they're doing, listen to what they're saying. So why does this matter to a believer in Christ? We come back to the Bible. How many times is fear or don't fear mentioned in the Bible? It is the most repeated command in the entire Bible in its various forms. It's written around 365 times, depending on how you count them. It is the most repeated command in the entirety of scripture. Why? Because we are so impacted by fear and everyone knows this. Everyone responds to this. We all respond to this in a different way. We become slaves to fear. That is our nature. We become afraid. We do things that don't make sense. We all know this. We've all done this. We've all seen our friends, family, and random people on the street do this. People do crazy things in response to fear. I just posted on my account on Instagram the other day, this lady in Houston because she was so afraid of her child who had tested positive for COVID they, that she locked her child in the trunk of her car and went to a COVID testing station to check and see if the child actually was positive. And she's arrested and, and should be tried because that's a heinous crime, endangering your child for fear of what? Getting a cold at this point? Getting the flu at this point? I have several kids. I have been sick because of the kids more times than I can count. And every parent knows this and every parent has lived this. You hug your kids and you love your kids and you catch weird substances from your kids in your hands. And I know that's gross, but that's what you do as a parent because you love them and you will do literally anything for them. I will die for my children. That's not an exaggeration. I will absolutely do that. 
So this place where fear infects you so much that you will try to, you will endanger and possibly kill your child for fear of getting something that equates to a flu or a cold for the majority of people on the planet, that is literal insanity. And it's infuriating. And it goes against these scriptures that I'm talking about. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Fear is a virus. Fear is... Uh, there is a spirit of fear from the enemy of this world. And as Paul says to Timothy, don't fall prey to that, but instead live in the power of the spirit. Live with your self-control. Self-control gets a bad rap, but it's so important in this case. Self-control allows you to know what is true and what is crazy town and live in the truth, not live in crazy town like so many people apparently are. Whatever you believe about this psychological theory, I happen to think it sounds pretty accurate and it answers some questions for me. Whatever that means, it doesn't matter that much except that we need to live in the truth of who God is and not in the fear of this world and this world trying to induce fear in us so that, as it seems, we are very compliant. So whatever new psychological term you put on this, whether you believe mass formation psychosis as a term, exists or not, it doesn't matter. It's clear that people are trying to manipulate us to be afraid so that they can lock us down and tell us what to do and what not to do. This is why so many of the atrocities throughout human history were possible. Fear. Rulers, leaders, authorities have known this for all of time. We've all read the books. We've all seen the movies. We know that a bad ruler is motivated by fear and they cause us to fear them and then we do ridiculous things in subservience to them. This is where we are in history once again. Whatever you want to call it, psychological warfare, mass formation psychosis, cultist domination, we are there as a society and we cannot, as followers of God, as believers, live in this crazy town. We just can't. We need to that's why I went to Ephesians. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. I have, I've said this one a lot. John 16, 33. This is Jesus saying, take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart literally means in this instance, have courage. Don't be afraid. It's the same sentiment that we hear so many times repeated in the Bible. And it's so important. We have to understand this and we have to live like this. If we are paralyzed by fear, we are not living the full calling. I'm not saying be dumb. I'm not saying go out and try to, you know, get the virus. I'm not saying go out and get hit by a car. I'm not saying jump out of an airplane without a parachute. I'm saying use your brain. You have a brain for a reason. God says love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Use your brain. Think about these things. But when the world is saying, I told you the other day, I had a theology professor who posted that if you're thinking about this, if you're trying to make your own conclusions, you are wrong and, and the picture was literally a gravestone. You've killed yourself or killed other people by thinking about this. That's ludicrous and that is heresy. Like, of course you're supposed to use your brain. Of course you're supposed to think about this, but we're told by the authorities we're not and that is just not right. The the whole context of this passage in Ephesians is important. I'll go back to verse 8 for you. Verse 8, Ephesians 5. You were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. The fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Be very 
very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What a great sentiment. That is everything I was trying to say encapsulated in a couple of wonderful verses. Go and listen. Go and read these verses. Go and and put these verses into your heart so that in these weird and troubling times, you can lean back on these verses as God says, to cherish the scripture in your heart so that you can use it. Uh, as Paul says, it is good for all kinds of things. He tells that to Timothy. I, I'm going on in so many different verses, but it's so important to have these scriptures in your heart so that you can use this in as you know this spiritual battle. It's not a battle against flesh and blood. This is a battle against the rulers, the authorities, the principles of darkness, and we must prepare for that. We must put on the armor of God. If you don't know what that is, look up armor of God in your Bible and read through that. It's very important to understand that we are in a spiritual battle, and this is clearly a crazy spiritual battle time. Whether you think it's psychological, whether you think it is tyrannical, whether you think it's all of the above, probably. But read through these verses again, and then, as it says in the end, do your singing, do your worship, do your hymns, and give thanks to God. Gratitude helps cover over a lot of this because when you understand where everything comes from, when you understand who the authority of all is uh, and who gives the government authority, and all of those answers are God, then you can really live without fear because you know the only one you need to fear is God. And so you just need to follow him with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. God bless you as always. Please, please try to keep the faith as you follow after Jesus with everything that you have. We'll see you next time.